So, great big good morning. Welcome, folks. Welcome to New Church Live. Whether you're joining us today, Sunday at 10.30 a.m. live, or you're joining us throughout the week, throughout the country, it is great to have you here. A special welcome to our studio audience gathered here today. And we have a wonderful service ahead for you today. What I was talking about with our studio audience right before the service was, was just coming in and watching these musicians so much enjoy like doing their music together. And I think that's, that's what we hope to capture today in church, like, like this joy of, of what we get to do together. And what we get to do together today is to learn a little bit more about love. And, and today, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about love, and I'm going to define it a little differently. I'm not going to define it as the, the typical way we might see it in a, in a romantic comedy movie. But love is steadfastness. Love, ready for this, folks? Love as 70 miles. Love as 70 miles. So with that, we're going to start the services we have been all this Christmas season. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, there's this beautiful ancient Christian tradition of celebrating Christmas and getting ready for Christmas. Again, that idea that this is the Advent season, like the adventure, the beginning of an adventure. It's about an adventure that's got these pillars to it, these beautiful, beautiful pillars of thought, these beautiful pillars that we celebrate every year, and we light a candle every week to celebrate each one. There's hope, there's peace, there's joy in the candle we just lit, love. Now, now last week I talked about how, how these kind of like hope and peace, they kind of form the edges, that idea of hope, this aspirational thing, sort of like, what do we want to reach for in our lives? What do we want to stretch for? That's a beautiful thing. And this peace, this groundedness in what is, this peaceful acceptance of life on life's terms. And those may seem like a contradiction, but they're really not. I mean, we, we really can live with both. That's what we're asked to do every Christmas. And once we have these two, then we can start to see what grows out of them. And what grows out of them is, first off, last week we looked at this idea of joy. How do we welcome life? Do we welcome life with joy? Can we put joy in front of us? That idea of joy is actually more than happiness, that, that joy kind of is the base note of our existence. And then today, we look at a wonderful candle, the last one that gets lit before Christmas, which is the candle of love. Now, now this candle here, folks, like I love this idea, right, that we're talking we're talking like all these things going together. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Like, like that's what we're trying to do every Christmas is, is remind ourselves of these things. And I love, I love the idea that we, that we light a light for Christmas that's all about love. I, I had a lot of fun. I picked up a menorah. Those of you who have Jewish relatives such as I do, you're familiar with this particular piece of Judaica, and, and it's, it's a beautiful thing that's lit, in every, lit every holiday season. And I love the idea of, of the middle candle here, the shamash. The shamash is significant because that candle's the one candle that goes through throughout Hanukkah and lights each one of the Hanukkah candles. And that's the way I, I think of this last candle as, of love that it's really the light that starts to fire all these things and gets us thinking about all these things, warms our heart, gets us, gets us to imagine a world in a very different way, lit in a very different kind of way. 
And the love we're going to talk about today with this candle, it's, it's a different kind of love. Again, we, we, we have sort of this made-for-TV kind of view of, of what love looks like. Are there parts of that in the Bible? Absolutely. But the Bible is a very different sort of love story, giving us a very different, in some ways, very refreshing view of love. It's a love, actually, that looks a lot more like this picture, which is the story we're going to look at today of Joseph and Mary in this little trip. Can you guess how many miles the little trip was? 70 miles. 70 miles. A 70-mile trip. And it's a trip, folks, like I'm going to read about, and I want you to notice how quickly we go over it. And then, then you start to realize the math to it, and it's actually quite a profound journey. Here we are. This is from Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus, Caesar was the, was the Roman emperor at that time. This land of Israel was occupied by the Romans. So he was kind of essentially the king, not a great king. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. So a census is coming up this for taxation purposes. They have to travel back to their hometown. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, town number one, Nazareth, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. That's going back to a good king, good King David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now, it's, it's easy, folks, as, as we look at that, to just think, oh, yeah, he went from Nazareth to Bethlehem. I've traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It's just on Interstate 78. Those of you who are local get that joke. The, the reality was it was 70 miles. How fast does a donkey move? We're not talking they got on the highway and they're buzzing down 70 miles. Yeah, it's a little far, not a big deal. We're talking days worth of joining. Look at this map, folks. And this map will give you a sense of how long that journey actually is. That's a very different kind of call to love. It's a love that's based on conviction. It's a love that's not an emotional kind of romantic love. That could be part of it, obviously. We don't want to poo-poo romance. But, but it, romantic love, this is something far deeper than that. What the Greeks called agape love, self-sacrificing love. What we're going to talk about today is actually the steadfast nature of the love that travels 70 miles. The steadfast nature of the love that travels 70 miles. To get us started with that, what I'm going to do is we're going to put a question up here. You're welcome to throw it in the, in the, in the chat, either on our Facebook page or YouTube. You're welcome to put an answer up on the chat. And you're welcome to text me as well at 215-740-3662, 215-740-3662. And that's the simple question of whose steadfast love do you want to celebrate today? Like a love that's like this. It's been constant. That's stuck with you. And that's traveled those 70 miles with you on your life's journey. Who would that be? They don't still, maybe they're just with you in spirit now. But feel free to text that or put that in the chat. And then we're going to have our first song, The First Noel.
please shoot me an answer. Live. This is Angela. I just wanted to invite you all to consider making a donation to New Church Live. Um, we are completely supported by the support of this congregation financially donating and supporting 
um, all the initiatives that happen here, community service, Pastor Chuck's pastoring work, um, streaming the service to you, all of the things that happen here behind the scenes are supported by you. So we hope you'll consider making a donation um, and you can do that by texting the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, or you can go to our website, or you can use the QR code below. We hope you will use some of those tools. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Angela. And, and folks, you know, it's fun reading the, the comments that come in. You know, and I took a sneak peek over the comments online. Again, a lot of people comment online, a lot of people text. Uh, Martha from out in Michigan replies, never realized Mary and Joseph were ultra athletes. They ran an ultra marathon there. I thought that was, that was good. They are ultra athletes. Folks, beautiful responses here, you know, and this is just, I'll just give you a little sampling of them. Someone wrote, my wife, Janice. Another person wrote, uh, celebrating the steadfast love of my husband, my mother and father, and of course, the Lord. That's so beautifully well said. My sister, Donna, who died 23 years and six days ago. My spouse, my wife, who's actually traveled 110 miles. Those, those are great responses. And again, we'll be getting some more in. And, and, and folks, like, why, why do we just know, like, why, why do we just know that that matters? Why do we just kind of, I think when we really think about it, we know that that's actually what real love is. That steadfastness. That, that 70 miles. And I love the way that, that, that uh, you know, one parishioner put it. Again, and it's, it's reflective of God's love, deeply reflective of God's love, a God that never, never leaves us alone, never leaves us without hope, never leaves us without love. And that idea, right, let's take a look at that idea. You know, that idea of, of God's love being, being steadfast love, you know, it's throughout the Bible. And it's, it's fun kind of at Christmas going back and looking at older stories in the Old Testament. So as you aren't aware, New Testament was written from the birth of Jesus on. Old Testament was, was written before the birth of Jesus. But all these characters we're reading about, they would have been super familiar with these, with these different stories, particularly the Psalms. And this is Psalm 25. And just... Listen to this, folks. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness. I love that idea. Like, all the paths, all the roads of God. You want to know what God's road is? It's steadfast love. Want to know how to travel that road? Steadfast love. Want to know the speed limit on that road? Steadfast love. For those who keep the commands... For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, and I was forgive what I've done wrong, though it is great. Who then is the person that fears the Lord? He will instruct that person in the way chosen for them. I love that idea, right? Like here's this path. The Lord's going to choose a, choose a path, and we, we walk that path, or to walk that path with steadfast love. Turn to me and be gracious to me, Lord, for I am lonely and afflicted. Again, Mary would have been familiar with this. Joseph would have been familiar with this, this psalm. Imagine them on that 70 miles thinking about these words. The troubles of my heart have multiplied. Free me from my anguish. Look upon my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how my enemies have increased and how fiercely they hate me. And they would have been thinking about the Romans in that regard. Guard my life and rescue me. 
Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in you. What a, what a beautiful number of lines there, folks. And, and that idea that we, we walk that, and, and the, the quote there, all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love. Like, that's one to really think about. To really consider. We live in a world that, that the path is always supposed to be exciting and thrilling, almost like a roller coaster ride, which is fun, but I don't know anyone who wants to live on a roller coaster ride. <laughs> we want to live in a world that's made up of that steadfast love, that's made, it, made up of, of people who live that deep and rich life. Because here's the miracle of steadfast love. Those people who live steadfast love, who we are so privileged to share life with, help us to be who we truly are. Who we've been called from all time to be. And just think about that gift. Right? It's, 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 not, a, it's not a road where I'm like a, a pioneer doing my own individual thing. No, it's, it's, a, it's a path of steadfast love they can just hold me through this journey in the same way, you know, that it held Mary and Joseph. Incredibly powerful. And what is that form? You know, as we walk through that, this is a fun phrase I really like. As we walk through that path, what we come to know is this, transformative solidarity. I like that. I like words. I like that word. I like how those two words go together. It's a solidarity with other people that transforms us over time. And, and I want to talk for a minute about how that looks. So there's, there's kind of a transactional solidarity and a transformative solidarity. Uh, you know, many people are football fans in this area, and you kind of think of a, a transactional solidarity. That's, that's kind of the jersey you wear, right? You wear this jersey. That, that sort of puts you in a certain tribe. Other people wear this jersey. That kind of puts them in a different tribe. But it's, it's a transactional solidarity. It's... It's based on kind of what team are you on? Which team are you part of? What side do you belong to? And, and it's, 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 not that it's, it's not that this is bad. It's just, it's not the end game. It's nice, it's fun, it's fun to have teams, it's fun to root for those teams, it's fun to, to belong to a group who believes this or belong to a group who believes that, to, to feel like these people kind of understand you or understand a particular interest you have. That's actually really good stuff. And we can't play all of life this way. We can't play all our life like we're just watching to see what team the other person belongs to to see what jersey they're wearing. That's transactional solidarity. Transformative solidarity is, is just, it's a different game. Transformative solidarity, it, it moves away from the idea of sides and moves to the idea of presence. Away from the idea of sides into the idea of presence where it really, in some miracle way, I do not have good language for this. In some way, it says there's really only one side. And that's not one side that says everyone else is wrong. 
It just embraces the whole. It just says there's only one. Again, not right and wrong. Just, there's just one side. There's, there's just us. That kind of, of transformative solidarity, I, I think, again, like, think about that with that candle. Just look at that candle for a second. And think about those people who've done that for us in our lives, that transformative solidarity, walked those 70 miles, and how much it has helped us to find hope, to find peace, and to find joy. And next week, we're going to add another one to it, have helped us to find God. Think about that. A transformative solidarity that's going to help us to find God. Tip of the hat to Ram Das. We're all just walking each other home. 70 miles. That's really interesting. Don't folks slough off as well, because it's easy for me to do, the, the significance, the import, the gravitas of that. That's much different than transactional solidarity. And that's the love we're called to. That's what steadfast love looks like. This presence. Steadfast love isn't that worried about sides or tribes. It's worried about presence. It's worried about that oneness. That's, that's a significant thing to think about in life and a significant way to maybe allow Christmas in in a way that can, can actually be much richer and deeper than, than what we might imagine. Christmas, I, I think, really has value like this. Christmas really has a lot of value when we can allow it to remake our lives, not just as a way to anticipate presents, though presents are nice. There's something more to this story, folks. Something much more. Listen to this line from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 31. Be strong and courageous. And think, think again, think about a picture of Mary and Joseph sitting by a fire. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. New, nor forsake you. I imagine them sitting by a fire starting to realize how, how incredibly true that was. And I imagine this journey, right? This journey of, of 70 miles. And as they're on this journey of 70 miles, it's, it's not just the steadfast love, folks, of, of each other, though that's part of it. I don't think we can do metaphorically, poetically, a journey of 70 miles without each other. I think when we look at that story, right, a couple of levels. One is, you just think about the grace that other people must have extended to them on that journey. I mean, here's a woman eight months pregnant. What are all the little ways? What are all the little touches that would have made that journey possible? Because steadfast love is not just something, okay, I'm going to 
you know, combine with this person I can trust to have steadfast love and we're gonna kind of march through just by ourselves. That's not how it works. It works with this steadfast love that starts to grow, that starts to echo out, that starts, folks, that starts to change the world. These small, little, tiny acts of kindness make a huge difference on life's journey. One of our children had their first little fender bender a few weeks ago. And, you know, everybody was, was just a little in a little parking lot thing. And, and you know, she, she left, she called me up and, you know, said, well, leave a note, put your name on there. And, and you know, I, God bless the person who she hit, <laughs> you know, car, because he calls her up and she's all terrified and scared and anxious. And the guy just says, right out of the bat, he goes like, everyone has an accident. Like, you see the grace in that? Do you see the transformative solidarity in that? And, and think about the angels that pour into that. Yeah, there's this level of how we help each other, but, but it's also this thing that connects us to heaven. As in heaven, so upon the earth, they would have been surrounded by angels. This whole journey. And those angels would have been consistently whispering into the best intentions of other people because that's angels' job is to help us to help each other. I want to say that again. That is the job of angels, to help us to help each other. To remind us of those deeper places. To remind us that we're all on this 70-mile journey. To remind us to keep on being with each other. So as, as we continue life's journey, we have this deep feeling that we're never actually alone. And what happens when we do that? What happens when we, when we really can start to think of this steadfast love and this transformative solidarity? When we can really actually live that? I think this is what happens. We welcome in God's future to shape our present. We welcome in God's future to shape our present. Now, now, that's not a small thing either. Think of Mary, and, and we can look at it as literally as a historical event, because this particular event in the Bible was very historical, like it happened. And there's also a beautiful metaphor here of, of something new being born in us, obviously. A future being born in us. You know, talk to someone who just saw pictures of their six-month you know, their, their baby six months down the road, you know, like, just imagine that, right? Like, that's a, that's a feeling of the future. But, but here's, here's the miracle part, folks. Just think about this for a second. I think a lot of the time, what I do, I imagine what a lot of you do as well, because I think it's part of the human condition, is, is, is we look at our present, like, here's my present. This is the way my life is. And then there's going to be a future. And there's going to be this future. This is kind of the future we imagine that God has in store for us way down the road. I think Jesus is constantly reminding us of this, particularly his language around the kingdom of heaven. He's constantly reminding us that what we're to do, and this is such a beautiful concept, we're to take that future 
pull it back to our lives now. Ready? Live that future now. Live it now. Maya Angelou, saving heaven for a far-off day shows a lack of gratitude. One of my favorite quotes since college. It is about taking God's future and making God's future our present. You know what God's future is for you. If I was to ask you, you'd, you'd be able to tell me right off the bat. And if fear or anxiety is the first thing that comes up, that's not God's future for you. <laughs> As a teacher, I would tell you that's the wrong answer. But you know it. You know that future. And imagine, folks, if, if we could just take time to really live that now, to live that and to, and to see that as something that is growing within us. Like, like that's what God wants to be born. Us all being angels in training. There's a lot to be filled with joy with around that. Our job, so much of it then, is to, is to trust this process. To trust that there are journeys as slow and arduous as 70 miles. Expect to see, as we journey with those sort of in our core group, who are part of that transformative solidarity, expect to see as well a lot of people helping out on the way. Mr. Rogers, notice the helpers. Many of you know that quote. Keep on looking for that. Because it'll be there if we've eyes to see it. And keep on being that way too. Like, like there's something about getting, oh, we're all on this 70-mile journey. Like, we're all being called. We're all having to move. You're on that 70-mile journey, so am I. Remember, folks, what I said last week, one of the most fascinating parts of, of the Christmas story, this is from Reverend Shada Sullivan, is that Herod, the bad king, is the only one who doesn't move. That's it. Everyone else here is on a journey. And with that journey, as we start to just keep moving along this path, we start to understand this courage. And I love this, this quote. Courage is the authentic form taken by love. This simple courage that we start to find as we move through life together. We have to see that, we have to honor that, we have to understand that courage and that, that courage that grows out of conviction. Steadfast love grows much more out of conviction than it does out of attraction. Attraction can deal with a physical appearance. That can be very attractive. But we're talking about a conviction here. We're, taught, we're talking about a conviction to travel with each other. Marrying as best we can, Mary and Joseph knowing that something's going to be born there. And knowing that we're going to be transformed in the process. I love that idea of courage. And maybe courage in some way is not only the authentic form taken by love, but is the final form taken by love. 
You know, you start here with love. You start with that candle. And you, and you just like, you watch it ripple out and eventually it shows up on this beautiful piece that we call courage. Courage to move forward. And courage to think in brand new ways. I think a lot of us, I, I know me, I, I'm, I'm a little weary of constantly trying to figure out which team people are on. <laughs> I don't really care about that much anymore. I wonder this. Like, is this story a call back to us to continue to journey with each other? It's really to continue to walk with each other. To find the courage that grows from that. No longer the anger of division. But friends, the power of love. Not that romantic love. But the steadfast love that God really calls us to. As we go into the close of the service here, we're going to have a song now. Just, just allow that to kind of fill you and, and allow it to fill you with a degree of light. And joy. Because again, I think there's great promise there. Great promise of turning Christmas not just into like this little event that ends on December 25th. But this much bigger event. That moves from just being a day. That moves from just being a day. Into being a way of life. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your Sung by a choir and folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. He's bringing lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh. Every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly. And so 
tickets from one to ninety-two. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. What a, what a beautiful song there, right? So, so folks, to close, let's imagine a 70-mile world. Let's imagine that. Let's imagine that this Christmas. Let's imagine all those beautiful little pieces. And, and again, we get to see them all the time. I mean, one of the best parts of being a pastor, one of the things I really enjoy, is every year, you know, there's incredibly generous people who are just like, give gifts, and they, they give a gift, and they say, Chuck, make sure somebody in need gets this. We see that all the time. That's beautiful. Live that 70-mile world for you. Who is it that you need to show up for that way? What's the hope? What's the peace? What's the joy? What's the love that you can bring there? And as always, folks, let's do it together. That 70-mile world. That 70-mile world's a really good world. Challenging. Donkeys aren't terribly fun to ride on. But it's a good world. Merry Christmas. What I want to do now is just add a couple of last little invites here, folks. One is, if you want to just simply have a Christmas conversation, we're going to be doing that on Tuesday, December 21st, 8 p.m. via Zoom. Now, if you haven't done a Zoom before, all you do is you shoot me a little email. My email's up there. If you're having a hard time scribbling it down, just take a screenshot right there. And you can email me. We're just going to get together just talk about what Christmas is for us this year. What's Christmas for you this year? A great chance to connect with congregants from all across the country. And then the other one we have the opportunity to do as well is our Christmas Eve service. Our Christmas Eve service, again, it's at 5 p.m. We warmly invite you to be part of it. We've put out there on social media asking people to send in pictures that, uh, pictures that we can use as part of the service. So if you have a family, a 
favorite family Christmas shot or just one of you in front of the Christmas tree. We've got a number of those, which, is, which are beautiful. Like, please send those pictures in and we'll actually run them as part of the service, just as a way to celebrate this wonderful Christmas time with our congregation. And with that, folks, we're going to close the service now with a prayer. And just a reminder, today we are so fortunate, we're actually going to have two closing songs just because music feels incredibly significant at this time of the season. So will you join me in a prayer? Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you, as always, for this congregation, for these musicians, for the people running the tech, and especially, Lord, for all the people on the other side of this, our wonderful congregation both here, both online, both live and throughout the week. Lord, bless them all. Allow us, Lord, this week to live into that steadfastness, that steadiness, a slightly different view of love, but a love that is deep and rich and warm and constant. Allow us as well in our traveling together to allow those journeys to transform us, Allow us to have those soft edges, those soft eyes that put into our mind the simple idea that nothing is by accident. We're all walking each other home. The journey is together. And from that journey together, we learn and we grow closer to you. Be with us as we prepare for Christmas Eve, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you this Christmas season and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen. Christmas. Leave the youth.